Uh-oh, it looks like we piqued your interest in the hideout. First of all, let me tell you what the hideout is not. The hideout is not for hustlers, for grinders, or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success. The hideout is about growing as men, creating lifelong friendships, and having the time of our lives. Are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance? The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever meet them. This is not your typical mastermind. The hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, you'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh yeah, your business. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. Uh, on today's show, I'm so excited to be able to talk with this man because I was able to say his name right the first time. Um, this man is incredible. He is helping people all over the world to simplify their lives, to be able to scale at an amazing rate. And I wish that I would have had this man around me when I first started my company. I just got a chance to be on uh, his podcast recently, and what I was saying is, after 17 years as an entrepreneur, I wish that 17 years ago someone would have said, hey, you need to meet Pavel. Pavel can change your life. Everything will change if you just listen to what this guy is talking about. And so it's, it's my pleasure to have him on the show, the founder and CEO of Virtue Desk. Uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. Pavel Stepanov. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Appreciate it. Oh, nice it's, intro. It's, a, it's a pleasure to have you, man. I, I want to say to everyone out there, listen, I got to do this first, uh, Pavel. I absolutely love you, but I love my daughter more. Her name is McKenna. And until, awesome. until this musical happens, what I'm going to tell people is uh, my daughter goes to uh, Aviara Oaks Middle School. There is a link. There will be a link in the bio. She's doing a musical. We're going to fund that musical. And I want every single person out there that's been riding with us with the podcast there's a link. You could donate, and we are going to donate, and we are going to raise. Now we got the target. I believe we need to do $32,000, and we're going to be able to have her to be able to be in a musical and have a phenomenal experience there in eighth grade. She found her thing. So that's my daughter, McKenna. That's the commercial. I don't ask for much, but I am asking for that. So, um, Pavel, let's we'll jump right <laughs> um, Let's jump right into this, uh, Pavel. Like, um, why, why is it so important for you to help people to make their life so simple through what it is that you're doing? Well, because um, everybody has 24 hours in a day and it doesn't really matter if you're a billionaire, if you're a homeless person, you only have 24 hours in, in the day and it really matters how you use that. And when you're, let's say a business owner, you're running a company, you're running a business, uh, having 
that amount of time, you know, I mean, you cannot buy more time and nobody can buy more time, but you can leverage your time by actually, you know, hiring people to do your job uh, or to do the job that, you know, needs to be done and outsource some of the tasks that are like menial and some of the tasks that can be handled by somebody else. So uh, it is important for me to show people that there's more to life than just working, more to life than just doing menial tasks and uh, more to life than just basically, uh, you know, sitting spending time on tasks that, you know, doesn't cost that much, you know. So, so Pavel, Pavel yeah. when you have, when you have a, a vision like you do, which is grand, right? I mean, it's, it's massive. Um, there's always going to be the people that are like, you know what, the, it won't work because of X. It won't work because of X. Can you talk to the people out there, especially the CEOs and the founders, because you are one, I am one, and the hardest thing for a CEO or a founder to do is to release things, and that is your whole platform. It's like, release the things that you're not great at, or maybe you don't, are taking up too much of your time, and focus on the things that you are great at, and imagine how much, but can you talk to that person that says, you know, I'm a CEO, like I'm the founder. It'll never be done the way I want it unless I do it personally. Well, a good example, what I usually bring up to people and the CEOs who, who like to think that way. Uh, well, imagine if, uh, you know, Howard Schultz, um, you know, serving, was serving lattes. You know, you don't see CEO of Starbucks preparing coffee, uh, preparing lattes and selling them, right? I mean, I don't know if he knows how to do them. He probably does. Uh, same thing. You don't know. You don't see CEOs of big companies, big corporations, you know, actually getting involved in operations or actually getting involved in production or sales. This is all done by people. You can basically replicate any company, any successful company, and run it the same way. Uh, why? Because they have s systems in place. So what's important is, and and, and that's what I'm usually tell people because we work with a lot of real estate agents and and the same mentality they have. They say, "Oh, nobody will do it better than me. People love me." Uh, no, people don't love you. They love how you treat them. They love how you handle your stuff. They love how you run your business. That's what they love. So once you actually able to replicate that and teach your uh, employees to do the same, that's what they're going to love. They're going to love your the systems you created, not you personally. So maybe, you know, a little bit of uh, you know, disappointing news to some, but that's what it is. <laughs> so, so, Pavel, when did, you, when did you come to this epiphany? Because, I mean, you're, you're a young guy. I look at you, man. You're handsome, uh, too. I just want, I want hey, hey, you're young, man. And so, you know, you're a handsome guy. You're a young guy. I mean, how is it that you were able to adopt? Because a lot of times people, I, I think it's six words. I'm going to get, uh, people are going to fact check me on this. Um, we have always done it that way is the killer of most companies. And it is, yeah. You're, you're saying, let's flip this thing on its head. Let's take one person and leverage them into 15 people. And, and then mm -hmm. let's be able to grow. But when you grow, you don't lose the heart. That's the part that I love so much. So where did this come from? Like, talk to us about the beginning. Well, uh, the beginning of my realization that, you know, nobody can like the things like nobody can do it better than me is, is a false assumption. Uh, started when I was actually running a real estate company and I was hiring agents and I also had clients who I work with as a as a realtor myself and when I was running out of time and I couldn't really serve everybody I actually trained my agents to help go help my 
uh, my clients. And clients loved it because, again, I trained agents to do this exactly things the way I like things to be done. So, and that's what I kind of realized that, hey, listen, they don't love me. They love how I do things. So anybody can do it. Um, also, <clears throat> that's when the idea for the virtual desk was actually, you know, was born because, again, we had uh, agents in the brokerage. We had a run, I ran like a 15 people brokerage and I was using a virtual assistant for my own stuff. And when the agents were saying, hey, listen, I mean, can you can you help me get somebody like that? I said, well, listen, I can help you get somebody like that, but you have to train this person to do things exactly the way you want it to be, you know, because – and, you know, again, this is the same thing. We go back to Starbucks. You know, Starbucks, if you travel across the world, it tastes the same everywhere. It tastes the same everywhere. It doesn't matter. You go to Moscow. You go to Rome. You go to, you know, Bangladesh. It's the same. Why? Because they have – the systems in place, the recipe, you know, they have the same uniform. They have the same culture. That's what's more that that's what's important. They breed that culture that, you know, that, that they're known for. And any company that's, you know, trying to make it big <clears throat> culture is a very important aspect that people should pay attention to because that's what actually, you know, floats the boat. That's what makes the airplane fly, basically, you know, in the, well, in a sense. And Pavel, let's talk about culture because you you started down that road. Now I want to I want to explore this. And yeah. I want to go I want to go deeper into this because let's talk about the culture that you grew up in, right? Because most of my friends who grew up outside of America almost have like in my head when I watch them, they almost have a different permission to go out and build something from nothing. Can yeah. you talk to that a little bit and what advantages you had growing up outside of this country? Well, um, again, growing up outside of this country kind of, you know, makes you and, – and, and again, it's just like – let me just go – just backtrack a little bit. It's a little bit of a different perception that people think, oh, okay, people who grew up outside of America in America, they make it big. They make it – you know, they become very successful because, you know, America is a country of opportunities, which it is. However, not everybody who grew up outside of America can do it because um, – People who mate outside their country make it to America, usually a certain breed of people. The, the immigrant mentality, because those the, we had to go through a lot of things. We have to we have to jump through a lot of things to to actually to actually be here on the shores of this beautiful country. So um <clears throat> like I know a lot of people in the many countries who, you know, don't have those ambitions. So I guess that's it takes a ambition of a person to to come here to the United States to start something here, to learn the language they don't speak, and to be able to prosper in uh, in this environment. So I think it's not exactly like people who were born outside of the country able to do it, but the people of a certain breed, certain mindset. That's what I think it is. And being an immigrant kind of, you know, um, structures your mindset to be of a, of a certain way. That's just my take on it. Well, talk to us too about where where did that mentality come from? Where did that mindset come from? Was it from 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 the family and from the parents? Were your parents telling you over and over again that hey, Pavel, whatever you put your mind to, you can go at and you can do? Or was it uh, what what was the what was the upbringing of Pavel? Take us back there. Yeah, well, my mom uh, was basically saying no you, you should just get a job and get working somebody you don't you shouldn't be doing it uh so but again i attribute a lot of it to my grandma 
who was basically raising me. My grandma was uh, putting that mindset to me, like, say, you want to do this? You do it. You you go with it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, and that's the thing. That's the kind of mindset. Okay, what's the worst that can happen if I take the step and do something? Okay, if I don't take the step, well, nothing's going to happen. Okay, I mean, if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. So so that's kind of a mindset that uh, my grandma kind of instilled into me that kind of, I guess, helped me to always, you know, go out there and do things and ask things and basically not to be afraid to hear a no. And when I was running, going back to when I was running a real estate company, we did the uh, call call hours for the, with the agents. And a lot of real estate agents are afraid to make, or, or any salespeople for that matter, afraid to make cold calls because they're afraid to hear no. Mm. And the way we did that, we were saying, okay, how about this? We're not going to be collecting yeses. We're going to be collecting noes. At the end of the night, the person who gets the most noes wins the contest. And that totally turned the switch in their heads because they were not being afraid to ask and getting and ask and, and basically told to, to F off. You know, they were collecting noes. At the same time, once that um, fear of being fear of rejection goes away, you know, they actually be more productive of on, on getting yeses. So that's what we're doing. And I guess this is all comes to, you know, the way you uh, think, the way you see things, the way you look at things, the way you actually, um, you know, the perception that, sh- that, that you have. So Pavel, yeah. what, what advantages do you see? Because like, say for instance, um, when I, when I got into the professional beauty industry when I was 19 years old, okay, um, uh-huh. I, w- I was in it for 29 years. Uh, you know, I've, I've shifted out of that. Uh, but when I went into it, I looked around and I saw so much advantage because most of the people just didn't even want to show up. And I was thinking, like, I don't even have to be good. I just got to show up. And what I realized recently, especially uh, post-pandemic, was to get a job or to advance, you literally just had to show up. And then I found that the simple part yeah. was to smile and be kind to people was not something that the parents taught the kids. From your standpoint of coming from Russia and mm-hmm. you, you having that, that, uh, that foundation of your grandma, what were some of the things that you looked at and said, wow, this is like shooting fish in a barrel? Well, I frankly don't know what to, what to say because um, I never thought about it this way, which you just presented, you know, but I, but I think a uh, big part of it is that, you know, when you grow up in a country where you're limited in so many respects by, you know, first by the government and by the economic conditions, but then by the, other other things uh, when you come to the country like United States where it's pretty much open ground for anything and everything is in your hands you can become a multi-billionaire in this country okay um, by simply doing things that even you don't have to be genius you don't have to be genius you can what you can do you can look at what other successful people are doing you can just take along and learn and duplicate you know duplicate what they're doing and you're gonna be you, you you're gonna you're gonna make it but show up and smile yeah a lot of things right now as you said post pandemic uh especially in this tough job market where it's tough job market for the employers not the employees it's hard to find good people so good people can just only show up and say hey i'm here looking for work most 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 likely you're gonna get hired on this on the spot seriously dude yeah 
Well, but, and you, you don't have to, you don't have to do it. I mean, right now I, I and I encourage kids all the time to be like, I don't know if I could possibly. And I'm like, honestly, anything is open right now because every single employer, oh, yeah. as you know, would hire a person if they could breathe. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I want to, I want to, um, I want to rewind just a little bit because you said something that I think that a lot of people like, I'm not saying that you take it for granted, but you experienced it so you can kind of speak about it quickly. But for us, it drops like a bomb. And what you said was when you're in a environment or a culture or a country, that the government is more restrictive. When you come to America, you have all these freedoms. Can you talk yeah. to us about what, it, like, what those restrictions were? Because I don't think that people understand the gravity and the, the, just the simple freedom that we have here in America to do the things that like, like you said, you can become a millionaire, a billionaire. You can make a, you could be a thousandaire. I remember wanting to be a thousandaire. Yeah. That was the, big, the biggest thing, right? <laughs> was, yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm All trying, right. I'm trying to get four figures. You know what I mean? Uh, Pavel, yeah. I'm joking with you, Matt. So, no, um, I get it. Yeah. but, but help us, help us to understand what some of those restrictions and what was normal for you growing up. Well, first of all, restrictions on entrepreneurship. Back in Soviet Union, obviously, you couldn't do it. If you just, let's say, you know, take a widget, take something like, uh, and let's say you, you buy a bike from the store and you want to go sell that bike to somebody else and make a little bit of profit. Well, that's called speculation. And back then, that was considered a criminal offense. You can go to prison for three years for doing that. Okay. So simple thing. All right. Um, when Soviet Union collapsed and uh, Russia was formed as an independent country. Um, even back then, yeah, you can do some, you can open a business probably. It, it will take, it will take longer than you would take in America. At the same time, uh, back in the nineties, the, there was like wild west back then, because again, to make it big or to make if you, if you're trying to make it big, or if you're trying to raise your head above the water, chances are somebody will come to you, knock on your door and say, Hey, you got to pay us 50% of your profit. If not, your store is going to go down in flames. That was back then. Now it's a little bit different. Now it's more of a, you know, legalized everything. But, you know, uh, even right now in Russia, in order to open a business, you have to go to the uh, the taxing authority and um, present them, show them why you deserve to have a business. Even that, just whole idea, you know, that you have to go to the government and say, hey, I deserve to have a business. I want to, you know, I want to, I want you to give me a license. When I came to the United States, I remember back then that it only took like $20 to, to pay the fee and open a LLC or sole proprietorship. That was just mind blowing. It's like, that's it. That's it. You're official. Now you got a little piece of paper saying you good to go. So pretty much like, you know, sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. You can just with a 20 bucks opening a fee, you can open a company and start running the company. You can open a bank account and start basically do things, you know, legally and without any, you know, that was just mind blowing. Considering coming from, from that environment here, that was really mind blowing, you know, to see that how easy it is to operate a business here, how easy and without much of a government intrusion to do that. Because back there, let's say if you have a store, you're going to have fire inspectors. You're going to have uh, flood inspectors. You're going to have everybody coming in, inspect your place, and ask you for bribes, ask you for anything. You know, Here, it's a different story. People don't take bribes because everybody's making money. 
So, well, they probably do, but on a different scale. <laughs> oh, they're taking money. All right. They, they yeah, are. They're taking money. All right. But it's called taxation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Pavel, talk to us too about, I mean, you come here, you, you see these opportunities, right? And it's $20 for a LLC or a sole proprietorship, you know, yeah, you're like, wow, this thing is pretty simple. But then you, you start to scale and you start to go after what you're truly passionate about, which was Virtue Desk. Can you talk to some of the uh, people out there as far as some of the challenges that you went through? Because I think more people are, are inspired by your challenges, the, the, the knocks on the head that you took, than the, than the successes, <laughs> than the Bentleys you're driving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't drive a Bentley, only a Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, well, a lot of uh, challenges, obviously, you know, uh, one of the biggest challenges is working with people. You work with people and Virtue Desk is all about people. You know, we have over a thousand employees and uh, having to, I mean, when you first start out, it's actually easier because you work with uh, only a certain group of people that you can give out tasks and it's actually easier. Then you start to grow. That's where some challenges happen because, you know, people, you realize people have lives, people, you know, resign, people go, people, you know, die, people get sick, give birth, go on vacation. So all of that obviously is, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of challenge of, you know, I call it household items. Uh, but it's, it's all doable again, but by build by building the core team first and that's what 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 we did um because when we first started out i had like a well i think like a th three four employees and um i made those employees basically the managers so go, okay now you're gonna be the managers okay managers of the of something we just give them titles okay so that way they feel okay and now i gotta do something i gotta do something to actually you know to justify that title i just got you know <laughs> so um so I guess the challenges again were in working with people and working with um, with the core team uh, to build out the systems, systems based on technology, systems based on uh, the processes that we have. You know, so um, now we like now we probably about let's say sixty percent automated on stuff that we do. So it's actually way easier in essence. But again. Um, to build us automation processes, we also build us some soft software for the virtual assistants that they're using the platform. We've built the tracking software, uh, you know, screen capturing software. So working with, uh, you know, with the developers in different countries was also, was also a challenge, you know, because again, you don't know who you're going to hire. If this person is going to waste your time, I mean, can waste money, but basically waste your time or, um, or they actually going to be good. So, Again, that was just the biggest, and we still continue to, you know, to tackle those challenges every day. So, you know, pa Pavel, yeah. who who shouldn't scale? Because I mean, in in the uh, in the social media world that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. And with media coming out, every kid, like every kid that I talk to, especially young, uh, you know, hard charging entrepreneurs, and I want to I want to congratulate all of you out there who are doing that. But what I find is, is they get an idea and before they put in the work, they just want to scale and then they scale, but they scale so fast that they haven't set the core in place to be able to scale that thing. And that ends up fizzling out really quick. So give us the kind of DNA or maybe a checklist of someone who isn't really ready yeah. to scale at the time. 
Well, scale is a new trendy word that kids like to use without thinking much into it. Okay. First thing, like what they like to do, uh, say, oh, I'm going to build an app. Okay. Build an app for what? Okay. And they think, oh, I'm, I'm building an app and the app is going to be make me a millionaire, billionaire. First, you got to have a business, not an app. Okay. You got to have a working business model. You got to have uh, something that actually monetizes, brings you cash. Okay. That's what first needs to work. Okay. Not an app. People don't care about the app. They care about the business. Okay. Second, um, who's not re ready to scale? Well, um, if you cannot pay yourself salary, decent salary, you do not, you're not ready to scale. Okay. You're not ready to hire other people because when you hire other people, I mean, what is scaling? Let's just, for those kids who don't know, they, they use, like to use the word scale. What is scaling? Scaling is when you create systems and hire other people to do your work. That's scaling. Okay. Let's say I'm going to hire, um, an assistant who's going to help me run things on, on the back end, that's scaling because that takes uh, time from me and giving it to her to do things. I have more time that way. That's scaling, okay? When we hire somebody else, it's more scaling. So if you don't have money to pay somebody, if you don't have money to pay yourself, you shouldn't be thinking about scaling. You should be thinking of how to hustle harder and actually earn cash, okay? Same thing goes when you are building an app. You know, God bless you. But don't think of first thing like a lot of a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, what they think of raising, raising capital, raising capital. OK. Don't. <laughs> OK. Think of building a business, actual hardcore business. OK. It may not be sexy as saying, oh, we've we've raised series A, series B, series X, Y, Z. OK. Yeah. But. Whenever you whenever you raise money from uh, investors, you're not becoming rich. Okay, you are <laughs> getting in debt. Your company is shrinking. Your ownership of the company is shrinking. You don't control your company 100%. That's what happens when you raise capital. You're not becoming rich. You're just becoming in debt. Okay, or your company is becoming in debt. Um, also, think of things such as like the burn rate. Uh, people don't realize that whenever they they only hear Okay, this company raised that much capital. Okay, what's their burn rate? How much they can burn it through? How how long is it going to take them to run on this on this cash? Because when the cash runs out, what's next? Well, things that they don't talk about because they're not pretty those things. So think about it. You know, sometimes CEOs of their own companies can be fired from their companies by investors. Okay. Mm. So Pavel, let's, let's, let's Pavel, yeah. do me a favor. Let's go back yeah. into one word that that or it's a little phrase that you said that I don't think a lot of times people understand. Um, and the reason why I say this is because I, I was around some financial friends of mine, uh, really good friends, Chris Nagel. You know who you are. I was at the bar mm -hmm. before I knew this guy. And I was at the sitting at the bar and I kept hearing him use a word. And I was like, wow, this dude is intelligent. Because he used this word. He kept saying arbitrage, arbitrage, arbitrage. I didn't what? know what arbitrage was at the time. And I remember listening to it. I was like, man, he must be the man. And then I turned around so he couldn't see me. I grabbed my phone and I Googled arbitrage. And it just said the difference between two numbers. And I was like, that's a big word for a very, very small meaning. So then I understood the vernacular and the language. And then we were able to talk. So the next time that I talked to him, I actually used that word. And he was like, he perked up like I was in his industry. So 
talk to us about that burn rate part because a lot of times people, I mean, there are people that don't understand about raising capital, right? In Series A and Series B and, and even, even angel investing. Um, and then understanding burn rate. Can we, can we lock into that? And I mean, can you simplify that for us so people understand what it is? Well, burn rate is basically, let's say you take a million dollars from an investor and it takes um, about 100000 a month for your company to run. So whenever you take a million dollars and it takes about 100000 a month for your company to run, to operate, you basically have 10 months of your company mm-hmm. left. That's what it is. That's the burn rate. Because once that million dollars runs out, at the end of the uh, – if, if, if you're not able to be profitable – uh, you're not going to be in a pretty position. First of all, investors, whenever they invest, they like to get their money 10x or 100x, okay, back. They don't invest to you out of the goodness of the heart, okay? So they 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 like to see some return. So when you when 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 you're not able to produce a return, when they see that you're just basically burning through cash and without any profitability, um, it's probably not going to be you know a pretty a pretty side because an investor is also part owner of your company. That's what happens. When you raise capital, you give equity of your company to somebody else. Okay. So that person at some point can actually start controlling your company and fire your ass. So um, that's that's happened many times in history. So, you know, so and, and it happened to yeah. Steve Jobs. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yes, Steve Jobs. Exactly. Yeah. He got ousted he from his own company. company. Yeah, exactly. The CEO of uh, Uber also was uh, ousted from yeah. his own company. Yeah. So, so talk. I forgot to, his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk to us too about um, like let's let's build the avatar of the person who is ready to scale and who needs this. Like who need like because you have. I mean, I wish again, Pavel, and I'll say it over and over again. And as long as we're friends, which is going to be for the rest of your life, because I'm going to force that. Um, I love that. is I wish that I would have known you when I started my company. And because when I started, when I started it, like I built it with, with in person. Right. And it was great. We built it around people and things like that, but there were tasks that we could have outsourced and we could have done it so quickly. Um, and efficiently because we were a systems based, uh, our, our company before we sold, we were a systems based company. Every single thing had its own system. So mm-hmm. we wanted to dumb it down. So if you were a four year old and you came in, you read the procedure, you could actually do it and accomplish it. But we had to make sure that you understood why we were doing what we were doing. So yeah, you got to have SOPs. Yeah, exactly. So let's build the avatar of the person that literally will see Virtue Desk as the the second coming okay well uh the avatar of that person obviously it's um it can be small and medium-sized business owner let's it can be just a solopreneur it can be somebody who's running uh like like a podcast like you do or somebody running a, a company let's say for uh, any 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 company basically for that matter you know probably besides like the direct service to people of uh, like uh it's not like a restaurant or a cafe where somebody has to be physically there. But let's say if you're running something remotely online, if you're running something where e-commerce or you, you know, again, running a podcast, running a show, uh, YouTube influencer, um, anything that requires um, that you can work online, 
you can you can hire a virtual assistant and scale okay also and i keep saying it and i won't be able to say it enough you gotta have capital to actually hire people a lot of times people think okay i'm just gonna hire somebody without thinking that they have to pay this person okay so virtual desk may not may maybe uh not an expensive um option is again we are actually very competitive on pricing so we're actually very good for small business owners to start out to hire vas but um you still got to be able to pay your to pay your your bill so and i've seen people who only have $300 to their names trying to hire virtual assistants and we don't let them do that i said no this is not the right way to do it uh you know because right now you you don't have money to do that you don't have money to do that and we don't want to have this don't want to don't want it to be an, a negative experience for anybody so First of all, I keep saying you got to have some capital, not a lot, some capital. You got to have, uh, you know, certain processes put in place, like standard operating procedures. You got to have uh, when A happens, then B has to do. When B doesn't work, then goes to C. So cert certain like a description of uh, what needs to be done if something happens. That's that's how your company runs. That's the, that's that's the backbone of your company. Okay. You need to have a, a very detailed job description of what things you like to outsource. You'll be surprised; not a lot of people understand that. Okay, you need to you need to have specific job description. How you come up with this job description? Very easy. Okay, the way I came up first, I didn't have any SOP. Okay, I sat down with a piece of paper, and I and I wrote. I basically, you know, put a list of things I do daily for my company for my business. Things I do daily, so I, I broke it down into two columns, that list, and on the on the left column I wrote all the things that must be done, and on the right column I put all the things that can be done by somebody else. Okay, so that was a very interesting observation at first. Okay, and I figure out okay, so basically what I just put in the list, seventy percent can be done by can be handled by somebody else. Okay, then I take that list, okay, of things that need can be done by somebody else. And based off that list, I build a job description for somebody I'm looking to hire who will be able to do that. It's very easy, okay? A four-year-old can do it. So once you do that, then you can start looking for a person who, who's able to fulfill that role. And that's how you start to hire a virtual assistant. That's how you start to scale. So, Pavel, as you as you start to scale, because you had this this idea of Virtudesk, which is phenomenal, you start to help people. It grows. You're in the the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies for two straight years. How are you able to keep Pavel's joy, and what brings him joy? Well, you gotta you gotta have your hobbies. You gotta you gotta basically um, realize that every day we live can be the last one on Earth, and basically surrounding yourself with people that you in, enjoy that are important to you you know uh people that are toxic i cut them out of my life i don't you know associate with them simply because not because i hate them or anything i don't i just don't want them to be around them. that's it simple um because again um you don't we don't know how much everybody's left on this earth okay yeah. and every day can be the last one okay so also when you build you, you when you build a company, you basically want to build a legacy, and in essence, you want to build a foundation. And and a legacy got to have a good foundation. Yes, a foundation that 
uh, company can be operational 50 years from now, okay, 60 years from now. So for that, you got to be able to build something which is great building, which is great, uh, where people are going to be enjoy coming to work for. So, and that's one of the core values we have at Virtual Desk. We treat everybody as a family. We want to make sure that our uh, employees are taken care of. And uh, as they say, you know, first take care of your employees and the employees will take care of your customers. So that's, that's how we, that's how we run it, bro. Yeah. It's amazing. So talk to us too about some of the things that you implemented in your company that, that don't have any ROI because I, what I find is like, I, I was studying Disney, right? And just watching Disney. I love Disney and I loved Apple because Apple and Disney don't study anyone. They just do. And everybody studies them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and uh, one of yeah. the things that stuck out with me with Disney was the secret Mickey's. And the secret Mickey's was something that um, was done just for just for Walt and just for the company where he did it and he could look at it and say, it didn't mean a lot to anybody else, but it meant a lot to him. And so we incorporated these things in our company where we, uh, my, my daughter's first song that she ever sung was uh, Three Little Birds by, um, by Bob Marley. And so what we did in, the, in our, our locations all over the country, we put stickers of three little birds above every doorway to to uh signify that when you were having a tough day look up see the three little birds and and sing in your head every little thing is going to be all right um what were some of the if if any and how valuable are they to you in your company some things that don't produce roi some things that you just did yeah that you just did because you just for you sure sure well um for example, like we going back to the Philippines in October and we are renting out a huge resort and we chartering a flight for all of our employees to go there. So um, it doesn't produce us, us any ROI, but it actually brings a good bonding experience for the whole company to be together, to hang out, to feel important, to actually feel uh, appreciated. So that's some, some of the things we do. And that's every year. In the Philippines, because that's where most of our virtual assistants are, we organized uh, events like team building activities. We organized uh, stay at the resort, uh, you know, staycation, we call them, you know, basically throwing out great parties. And again, that doesn't produce any ROI for us. But again, it brings um, everybody together. Well, in essence, it does kind of produce ROI because it helps with the retention of employees. So I guess everything you can you can tie to ROI a little bit. So when, when I we, talk to my tax guy, I gotta, I gotta be able to do that. <laughs> so Pavel, when we, when we hopped on, right, when we hopped on before yeah. we started filming, yeah. you, we uh-huh. were laughing back and forth and you were adjusting things in the office and you were like, I like yeah. to just have certain things just to make, just to get people sometimes say for instance, and I am giving examples because like the, the shirt that I'm wearing now, this was actually my dad's shirt. My dad passed away uh, yeah. uh, December 19th um, of last year. And I, I had the shirt made before and it said gangster on it. And any time that, that he walked into a place, people would, it would be a, a conversation piece. It had nothing to do with our business at all, Of course, but yeah. it just made me laugh. And the fact that my dad would wear it and it was like his favorite shirt. And I just found, I just was able to get it recently. Um, those kind of things, I mean, really impact a culture and, and I, I how important is it? Um, when you're building a culture to not just be so strong on SOPs, 
because there's no way you could be in the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company two years in a row and you just be about like, we've got to do it like this and like this and like this. How do you keep a personal touch when you have that many people? Well, again, uh, we have teams. We've, you know, we've, we have broken down everybody in the teams and the clusters. So uh, it's not, I mean, one person cannot be obviously overseeing a thousand employees. That's why we have, you know, certain layers of, uh, you know, of management. That's kind of helps out. I mean, team clusters, they organize their own events. They organize their own, uh, you know, things within the cluster, certain competitions. So, so they maintaining that culture that uh, goes down from the top, you know, from, from the CEO, from the corporate office. So, like, for example, on Friday, I know they're organizing an event for some of the clusters. They, they have, like, a talent show. So all of that is 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 basically, um, you know, handle – basically, my, my bottom line here is the culture goes down from the top into the employees. And if they say, oh, employees, you know, don't um, – employees feel, like, not appreciated or anything, that comes down again from the top. So that's what – we trying to in, encourage and try to build in so many layers of support and so many layers of management kind of helps help out with that, I guess. I think one of the most important things in a company is the way that you're talked about when you're not there. And Pavel, yeah. I want to I want to compliment you because I've talked with Sarah and I've talked about you when you're not there. It's amazing, yeah. And she yeah, talks at a high. I mean, but she country, yeah. And she speak <laughs> and she speaks from her heart. And the same thing. I was just on the phone with Paige this morning from Sisu, yeah. um, and she speaks about you at the highest level. How are you able to stay so grounded when you're experiencing the type of success? Because a lot of times people get so wrapped up in the results that they, that they forget about where they came from. And it doesn't, I mean, for me connecting with you, it, it seems like you're so in touch with that and you're so in touch with the people, but it's so easy to get disconnected from it. What, how, how do you stay grounded in it, man? Well, again, the 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 journey is what real success is, not the end goal. So, and that's what how we come with this mentality. Like we like doing things what, the way we like them to to be done. So, uh, the journey actually helps us to be there and uh, staying grounded. Again, you got to stay humble in an essence, you know, and uh, you know, keep your head down and work and do the and do the grind and connect with people on the same level. And this is basically, you know, uh, be who you want to be, I guess. <laughs> you know, so. Pavel, who, keep, yeah. who, who keeps you humble? Who calls you? Who call, the way that I say it is, who calls you on your poo-poo? You know what I'm saying? Like, my wife. Oh, my kids do. My kids, kids do? and my wife do. So tell me the last oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Tell me my the last kids. time they called you on yeah. your, your poo-poo. Tell me the last time. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, okay, my daughter is 16, and she's uh, – She's taking driver's license uh, course right now, so I'm doing the um, it's called like a driver driver education, uh, you know, dad, if you know what I'm talking about. So, like for example, last time we went on a ride, she was driving, I was I was I was sitting in the front seat, and and I just blew up at her because she didn't she didn't take the right uh, she didn't take the right route. She took the route which is more convenient to her. And I said, no, this is like the longest one. Let's just go like shorter. There's a, sh- a shortcut right, right there. She's like, dad, you know, because you drive it every day. I don't. And why are you demanding this stuff from me? Because <laughs> I was like, I start to realize, okay, she's just starting it out. I mean, I'm, 
you know, I'm trying and I'm trying to enforce my my thinking onto her, you know. It's like, yeah, she just called me out on this, you know. So <laughs> Now is uh, so, let me yeah. ask you this too, uh, Pavel. Is your is your wife from Russia yeah. also? Yeah. Yes, okay. She is, yeah. So, did you guys meet in Russia? Uh, yes, we did. Okay. Your your children were raised here or no? Yeah, they were born and raised here, yeah. Okay. How is that trying to keep the culture and how is that for you? Because you grew up in a culture in Russia, your wife did. Yeah, now you're yeah. in America, right? And uh-huh. things are going pretty well for Pavel right now. <laughs> because you're building people. I'm not just saying that it's just all about Pavel, but you're building people. You've seen the success. Your kids are not growing up in the situation that you did. How, uh, like, how, how do you mix yeah, they those? Yeah, in America. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, it's, it's interesting because again, um, I see that, well, like one of the challenges sometimes to make them speak Russian with each other because they speak English with each other. So, uh, you know, trying to preserve, preserve that is kind of challenging, but we managed to do it. Uh, but yeah, they they were, they were not born in outside of this country. They were born here. So they growing up here. So I think it's a little bit of a obviously different, way more di- different than me and my wife were born into it, where it came from, you know. So uh, this, um, yeah, I don't know. What are <laughs> what are some of the well, what are some of the yeah. things that they're pushing back on you? Being like, Dad, like you know, we don't live in 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 Russia. And when I say this, yeah. I I didn't grow up. I mean, I didn't grow up in another. We we lived in other countries. We lived in yeah. England. I was born in England. We lived in Taiwan. We moved around the country. Um, but I definitely didn't grow up in the neighborhood my kids live in now. And okay, you know, there's there's things that they're privy to, and there's things that are just normal to yeah. them. Um, exactly. So. What are some of the things that your that your daughter is saying to you, Dad? Why are you trying to bring that old stuff on me? Um, well, I'm I'm not really trying to bring old stuff on her. You know, she's you know she's. I think because she's probably raised with you know she was living in a family, so she's so it doesn't come to her as the uh, a surprise. You know, she's not like a it's not a foreign concept to her. What do we have going on in the family? So. I guess that's part of she she understands. Same goes with her friends, and you know when her friends come over, they they know me. And a funny thing, her friends call me Senor Hundred Hustle. So, um, yeah, her friends follow me on Instagram. It's just it's kind of awkward, you know. I was like I don't want to say bad things there, you know, because because her friends, sixteen year olds, follow me as like, all right, gotta keep it cool, gotta keep it clean for okay. the kids, you know. There we you go. know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, so let me let me ask you this: when you when you experience the type of success you you had, your yeah. daughter's sixteen years old. I mean, are you going high level vehicle, or are you trying to get her one that's maybe not as because you want her to learn the value? I want her to learn the value, of course. You know. So, what are you buying uh, her? What are you getting her then? Um, are you getting new? No, it's gonna be used probably. It's like gonna be used. Or- Okay. Yeah. Is it going to have dents yeah. in it? You're going to make sure it has dents in it before you I get it. I want to make sure it does. Yes. Some scratches. I want to make sure it does. Yeah. Yeah. And with my son, it's a totally different story. Uh, he <laughs> likes to flex. He's he's going to be 13 in a couple of weeks. What is he asking uh, for? What's he asking for at 13 years old? Okay, dude. I'll tell you. Okay. That's that's just mind blowing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last year, I was thinking of getting a G wagon. Okay. He's okay. Like, no, Dad, don't do a G wagon. It's not an ultimate flex. Get a Lambo daddy i was like okay why 
It's like, so you can pick me up from school in it, <laughs> you know? So I went ahead and got it. Okay. Okay. I got a, I got a Lambo and I'm driving to school to pick up my kid from school all the time. So where everybody, including the principal comes out and takes pictures of it, you know? Of what? him getting into the car. <laughs> what? What's the t- what? No, Pavel. What's the tough part about having a Lambo? No one talks about that side of it. You can't park at Costco. You know what I'm saying? Like you're exactly. not going to Costco. Exactly. No, you, you don't. You, you can't. You can't. Like you know, you you generally don't get to park in the front because you know you don't want people near your car. What's yeah. the What's the well, downside? Well, what's the downside? I mean, the, down, the downside, of course, is maintenance of it. You know. Uh, you cannot, again, you cannot go to Costco with it. You, you know? can't go to Jiffy Lube? Uh, can't go to Jiffy really. Lube? Oh, no, you can't, you know, so, um, it's only good, like, for, I mean, I can take it when I go to the gym, I can take it, you know, or when I go to pick up my kids from school or from uh, climbing activity, he does rock climbing, my daughter does uh, the g- gymnastics, and I'm the Lambo dad, so they know me there, um, so. <laughs> so that's like one of the things, but again, a lot of downsides of owning one because it's it's an expensive uh, equipment, you know. And I don't call it car; it's called equipment, you know, <laughs> because and and every nut out there on a freeway wants to race you. Just, what's the What's the point. last one that tried to race you? Yesterday, yesterday, somebody. What, what car some, came I'm, up next to you? Um, Beamer Three Series. He he basically. Come up on me, try to race me. I was like going on my own lane, enjoying myself. <laughs> and he's like, it's like 18-year-old kid trying to do it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, enjoy, you know. Yeah. So tell me, because, tell me. Because it's not the fight, you you're gonna win. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so Pablo, you you talked about earlier about uh, some hobbies, yeah. right? And what yeah. what hobbies because I, I think that what I what I found over time is getting to getting to be around um, people like yourself and, and the friend circles that, that I get a chance yeah. to be around. A lot of times people lose their joy, right? They, they gain the world, right? And you've heard it before the old proverb, you gain the world and you lose your soul. And yeah. it seems like you've stayed in touch with that joy part of it. But what are some of the things, what are some of your hobbies that you do that don't have any return at all that you just do it? Yeah. I like to play chess with my son. That's just only one of my hobbies. You got game? You know. Yeah. You got yeah. game. That's you, what I Yeah. You beat play him. chess plays chess with my son. He beats me now, you know. He's good at it now. So sometimes playing video games with my son. It also gives me joy, you know. He he, he like yesterday he, he called me to play some call of du- 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 duty with him, you know. I was like, all right, I kick his ass, but he, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he what? kicked my ass, you know. So. <laughs> How, what do you what do you do uh, by yourself like by yourself because you know th- I think that too much emphasis I find this too much emphasis mm-hmm. a lot of times is on a person's routine and they think if they follow that routine they're going to get the exact same result but what I find is that if you're not that person and you don't do it for the same reason as that person is doing the routine then you're not going to get the same result does that make sense now there's certain yeah. processes that you can do say in business that you can do and you can you can uh, you know, you know the result that you'll get, but there's a lot of people that are like, wow, if I wake up early in the morning and I do a cold plunge and I do this and I do that, then I should be successful. And it's like mm, the mentality and the mindset. Like, no, you're I, don't like to wake up, I don't like to wake up early. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't get that part. Like waking up at five in the morning. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I mean, I can stay late at night. I can stay like until two, three in the morning. That's fine. But I'm not going to wake up at five in the morning. 
when I know a lot of like entrepreneurs do that thing and they advertise that shit. And, um, bro, um, no, I'm, I'm not a five o'clock in the morning person. I don't know why people think that's a prerequisite for success to wake up early. No, just doing your own pace because some people are morning people. Some people are night people. I'm more of a, like a night person. I mean, I can, you know, stay up late at night, you know, but waking up, uh, eight o'clock is usually when I wake up, you know, so. So yeah. what is, what is the, what's the, the hobbies that you do that's just you, that you get a chance to be able to almost kind of shut down, you do your thing and you go. Like, I like bowling. I love bowling by myself because I'm not, I'm not in a rush. I love uh-huh. bowling. I want to focus. I'm not there to have fun. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but I'm like, I want to get my score. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and when I yeah. go with other people, they're throwing it in the gutter and laughing and all this stuff. And I'm like, I want to focus in. This is, this is a real cool time for me. I like lap, uh, uh, lap pool swimming really? by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Just go and do it, you know, without a phone, without a headset, you know, only in your own thoughts and you just go with it and do it, you know, because think of it. We are connected to anybody with the, with the invention of a cell phone, of a smartphone. We are connected to everybody and available to anybody anytime. If you come to think of it, think of it like 20 years ago. That was not the case. Mm. Now it's different. Okay. So when, and, and the only place where I can be without a phone pretty much like justifiably is in the, in, in the pool, swimming, doing laps. So, Pavel, yeah. what would your what would your yeah. advice to what would your advice to uh, like young uh, aspiring entrepreneurs be? Make mistakes, uh, don't uh, overthink things, and um, go at what you want to do. At the same time, uh, don't anything don't let anything hold you back because you're trying to overanalyze it. Don't experience paralysis by analysis. You'll go ahead and make some mistakes, which is fine. Okay. You'll either win or you will learn. So that's it. Pavel, give me the top stereotypes, the top Russian stereotypes that are true and then not true. Because there's there's some sort of truth to every single uh, stereotype, yeah. right? And when we, hear, when we hear them, like, you know, when we hear them, we're like, oh, man, and it makes us laugh. When a comedian says a stereotype and we connect with it, we laugh. Yeah. We're like, oh, my gosh. And then we see another one and we're like, that's not true at all. Let's start with the first one that is true. Well, first one. Okay, why don't you tell me and I'll tell you, tell you whether, whether it's, it's true or not about um, that. Don't like to have fun. Uh, that's not true at all. Russians do like to have fun. We don't smile at people, random people. Why that's, is that? That's, Tell that's us true. why. Why is that? Yeah, we don't smile. Russian people don't smile at random people. Why? Okay, because we like to exper- uh, express our feelings genuinely, and <sighs> a lot of a lot of smiles in America are fake, and we don't like that shit. So, yeah. <laughs> so what is what is the one that is not true that you see, whether you see on movies or whatever it is? Like, what's, okay, what's well. Not true? Um, Russians drink vodka and <laughs> like to dance with bears. No, not everybody, not every Russian drinks vodka. <laughs> okay. Hey, now it's pretty good though, but not everybody, no, not, not everybody likes it. Not everybody's an alcoholic. So <laughs> Pavel, my daughter would kill me if I didn't ask this question. She is yeah, a huge, she is a huge stranger things fan. 
Do your do your okay. kids watch Stranger Things? Uh, they did, but I I didn't pay attention to it. Okay, yet. I want you to watch it because okay during that time it's it's set in the eighties and in the eighties as you know Rocky Four you know what was yeah. going on. Okay. Yes, yes. How how did you view Rocky Four? Were you were you cheering for Drago? No, I was cheering for Rocky. He was a good guy. <laughs> how how did you see it growing up in Russia? How did you see during that time well, it was Ivan, almost vilified? Ivan Drago, Ivan Drago is not the stereotypical <laughs> Russian. That was a poorly made up thing. The people like this don't exist. Hey, that's why we're cheering for Rocky. <laughs> because people like Ivan Drago don't exist. <laughs> so on Str- on Stranger Things, the whole th- the whole yeah. thing wrapped around the, you know, it was the at first, it was uh, you know kind of demi gorgon stuff, and I'm not that into it. I know it a little bit because my daughter. But then it's like the Russians are the bad guys. How does that uh-huh. like when you're watching that and you're from Russia and you're in America yeah. and you're watching something that says I'm the bad guy? How does that make you feel? I just laugh at this shit. That's <laughs> it because it's just funny because they try because it's like show how shallow and stupid it is because you know they try to portray it as a bad guy because of politics. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no no dancing no dan- no dancing bears no dancing no bears and no vodka i mean i wish i would. yeah seriously <laughs> no vodka yeah my daughter's gonna be so happy pavel you're gonna be new yeah. uh, you're gonna be uncle pavel is what it's gonna be there we go there uncle we go pavel. brother yeah. uncle pavel so yeah with with virtue desk right uh-huh Help me to understand how, again, how you, how have you been able to continue to scale and continue to grow? Cause you guys are going to continue to grow. And then tell me about like what you see it in the future. Like what's your star well, Wars, what's your star Wars? Yeah. Now? Well, my star Wars, again, uh, we are exploring into different, um, industries now, uh, because we started out with real estate. We've, we've kind of slowly moved to, um, you know, also real estate, other businesses. Now we're, uh, tapping into the medical field, so so the idea is is basically to um, cover as many industries as possible, and to you know make it not only Inc. five thousand but Inc. five hundred. Yes, is uh, there the is there an Inc. fifty? I don't know. I, they need to make. I it. know there's. I know there's a Fortune five hundred. There's, there's one, Fortune so. five hundred. So we gotta need to get into yeah. the fifty. Fifty. Yeah, that, that's yeah. where Pavel's going with the. He's gonna roll yeah, the. Exactly. He's gonna roll the Lambo yeah. up, and his daughter's gonna be following behind in the Accord that's dented. That he, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. So Pavel, help help uh, help the person. If you were in, I wouldn't say an elevator because an elevator pitch would be too quick. But to the person yeah. who doesn't understand, what a virtual assistant truly is how could you explain that to someone who doesn't know sure um virtual assistant is somebody who works remotely you know can be either across the town across the street or across the world from you okay work for you doing things that you need to be done delegate um, administrative work executive run things behind your behind the scenes of your company helping you basically uh, be more productive and at the same time save you money because some things, if, if you can delegate certain things to somebody for $10 an hour and you're doing those things yourself instead, you're just paying yourself 10 bucks an hour instead of $1,000 an hour. So, yeah. 
can you talk to uh, t- talk to the people too, and and let us know about some of the things that you see? Like when I got to spend time with Paige, who you know, Paige, and you love Paige. We all love oh, Paige. Yeah. She's amazing. Sisu yeah. Agency yeah. on on fire. Uh-huh. She she builds. Uh, what I was saying is she builds superheroes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and she exposes them to the world. When yeah. she started to let me know of some of the people that I see and some of the things that I see, and she was mm-hmm. like. That thing didn't happen organically. It was put in place and it was systemized, and that was the result that they set out to get. It shocked me. Can you tell us about some of the things in business that when you look at it, it may seem like that person is doing all the stuff, but you look at it and say, I mean, I already know that there's 15 things behind that. For example, let's take your show, okay? You are basically talking, you got the thing going on, but I guarantee you have several assistants working for you right now, helping you run your company, okay? It looks organic because Cali is an amazing dude. He's running his thing, got to, you know, say things set up, but I can guarantee somebody's editing videos, somebody's putting this together, somebody's actually helping you run it. So any company, take it like, any, let's say, let's say CNN or Fox News, whatever. I don't care about your political affiliations. However, any company that's big enough have people behind it, people behind behind the scenes, okay? So, for example, I really enjoy listening to Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro is like one dude talking, okay? But if you listen to his podcast, at the end of the podcast, he speaks, he basically names everybody who's working behind it. And there's a long list of people. Of working a daily wire so that's basically any production you take there's you cannot be one man show meaning you can be the talking head of a show but you cannot be the man that run, runs everything it doesn't work that way because again there's only 24 hours in a day and we cannot buy more of it we can just delegate it you know we but we cannot add it more hours and that's why for also virtual desk we have several uh, Sarah, the huge marketing department, I think she's got over uh, 20 people working for her at the marketing department. You know, you, you deal with uh, probably Jekka, right? Uh-huh. And Sarah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. But again, she's got 20 people there. She's yeah. got uh, video video people who are doing video production, editing, uh, you know, creating content. Uh, we've we've also just hired people in, in Russia as well. So, it's uh, it's a lot of people, man. You know, it doesn't happen organically. It has to be built up. <laughs> so, uh, pa- Pavel, tell tell the people why you think, and <clears throat> I believe this. Um, I, I'm going to say why I believe it. I believe that in the that virtual assistants are the future. Um, the reason why I say it is because it will allow you, as a human being, to do what you were purposed to do, as opposed to doing all the stuff that takes away. And I find this with marriages. I find this in companies. I find this all over the time of place when I'm dealing with companies and I'm coaching them on culture. I'm consulting with them. I'm finding. I'm. I'm just like. I wish that I could free that person of all the burden. And allow them to just be who they were. And I think one of the big, the best principles for it was my dad always told me, my pops would always say, just make a bunch of friends. And when you made friends and they were good at stuff, yeah. like, I don't have to be Lambo Pavel because I have a friend named Lambo Pavel. Right. And so yeah, when, when, you take it first <laughs> when Pavel is doing his thing and he's my friend, 
and he's allowed to do that. Yeah. I don't have to be that. So I just yeah. get to be free to my, be myself. Can you, that's, that's my side. That's my soapbox of why of the virtual world of the virtual success and the virtual assistant doesn't have to take away your soul. You're still going to be able to deliver no. on a high level. Of course. Of but course. Why do you, I mean, tell, why do you think that it is the future? Well, again, uh, why it's the why it's, it's the future? I mean, I'm 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 looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the stats, like uh, the outsourcing industry, the BPO industry. It's called business process outsource. Is uh, projected to grow by uh, half a trillion dollars. Uh, it's going to be a half a trillion dollar industry by uh, 2030. So, like in about uh, you know seven years, that's what's going to be almost a trillion dollar industry. So think of it. You know, and it's not only the Philippines and a lot of Fortune 500 companies outsource, you know, to India, to the Philippines. It's not only virtual assistants. It's 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 basically um, and again, it's not exactly positions to take jobs away from Americans. It's basically positions because providing jobs to people like across the world, uh, because, again, the arbitrage, which you call arbitrage, it's, it's a difference in, in price, basically. OK. Absolutely. Uh, the, yeah. Like, for example, when I tell people, you know, hey, this pen, for example, you know, costs like $5 in the United States. Okay. Well, maybe maybe less. In the Philippines, the same pen costs uh, 50 cents. So does it, make, does it start to be less of a pen because it costs less there? No. That's called arbitrage. <laughs> so, um, but again, uh, a lot of companies take advantage of it. And what used to be available to uh, you know, big companies to, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies outsourcing, setting up call centers, like even 10 years ago. Now it's being available to Main Street guys, you know, people in small small businesses because of a technology that we have. The bandwidth is so good that you can actually hire people across the world to work for you, uh, pay less than you would pay somebody here. And uh, that's how you can truly scale. You can scale because you're going to save up cash and you can hire instead of one people, you can hire three or four or five people. That's how you scale. That's how you can actually grow. You know, that's the whole idea of it behind it, you know? Well, yeah. I, th so, I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think yeah. it's incredible, Pavel. And I, I think it's incredible because yeah. of the, I see, you know, for, for those of you, a lot of times when you turn on the lights or you turn on the camera, you see somebody and they, they put forth the show. Now, what I want you guys to understand yeah. is, is I, I deal with and spend time with people who work with Pavel, and I want you to know that what he's speaking about is the truth. This is the truth. This is the real, raw truth. This isn't like, oh, wow, we've, we set this up and make sure that you say the right thing. I want you to know there's very few people that when you scratch the surface, then you find even better than what the surface was, and that's who you are, Pavel. And I want to I congratulate yeah. you on that, man. Thank you, um, Kelly. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's absolutely amazing, man. Um, now, I I would be I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this question because we started the podcast because of my kids, um, yeah. Maddox and McKenna. Uh huh. And yeah. I started because my son is ten. He's a superhero. He's his birthday is uh, September fourteenth, so it's in a couple days. Oh, my and, kid's birthday is September thirteenth. Right so. on, right on. Well, yeah. which one? Which one? The sixteen-year-old or the. Uh, uh, he's gonna be 13 yeah okay son. so oh yeah. yeah the lambo the lambo son um yeah, yeah. my the son yeah. hey my son my son is a lambo guy too he's a lambo there guy go. yes yeah so i started the podcast because of them because i wanted to take uh -huh. iconic people like yourself that are truly changing this world and 
I wanted to show them that the iconic people of the world, like the Pavels, are not superheroes. They're simply human beings who have a positive uh, attitude and an incredible work ethic. So what advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both of their names, Pavel, it would be awesome. Yeah, of course. Maddox and, Ma- and McKenna, my advice to you guys, uh, listen to your dad. He's an amazing person, and I'm sure he's your best friend. He means good for you. And when he's not around, when, you know, because time goes by, always remember your dad as being one of the best friends that you ever had in your life. So that's very important. That's what I tell my kids. Okay. Um, Also, go for your dreams, go for your goals. Uh, It doesn't matter what people say. Don't listen to people who say like, hey, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Try to do it. Because again, what I say, you'll either win or you'll learn. So either way, you're winning. So always keep that attitude and stay positive. That will go a long way. Pavel, I've never done this before because I love both my kids at the highest level. But I I would love for you to tell McKenna that the Russian stereotypes of Stranger Things are not true and that you're the good guys. Can you tell her that? Of course. (laughs) McKenna, <laughs> Ruskies are actually good guys. Okay, <laughs> don't listen to the don't listen to the propaganda. <laughs> uh, she is gonna love that. She's gonna she's yeah. she told me the other day, Pavel. I don't know if you got to this point, but I rode her to buy uh, to school. We have, uh, she has an electric bike, and I ride my bike uh, behind her because we're kind of getting her ready for it. But she's yeah, like, Dad, yeah. I'm the, you're the only dad that's doing this. You're like the uncool babysitter dad, and I was like. <laughs> That sucks. I thought I was cool, and I just realized that I wasn't. So this is going to make me cool that uh, Uncle Uncle yeah. Pavel said that uh, that that the, the Ruskies are the good guys. Um, exactly. So, um, exactly. Now's the time. If you're listening out there, number one, I want to thank you. I want to thank every single person out there that has been riding with us, that's been watching the show. I want to thank all the sponsors. Every person who's listening to the show, you have helped us to be in the top one percent globally of all podcasts and this is with no advertisement this is not with any uh you know paid marketing this is all organic because you guys have watched and you guys have listened um i want to thank every single one of you i want a big shout out to uh to Aguahedianda Lagoon Foundation. We just raised uh, between $125,000 and $175,000 the other night for the uh, Aguahedianda Lagoon Foundation. And also, um, this is where I'm at. I, I have very few asks, but this is the ask I'm going to do. Um, this ask is, there's going to be a link, and it's going to say McKenna's Musical. And what I want you to do is I want you to go, I want you to click on it, and I wanted you to donate. We are raising $32,000 for her musical, and she is going to have the baddest musical on the planet because Daddy has really cool friends. So I want to thank you so much again uh, for uh, riding with us, for watching. Um, and Pavel, I'm telling you, you are, you're, you're better than expected. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's <laughs> inc- it, it is incredible. You told me I'm not a morning person. Yes, you are, man. I'm not. You're incredible. Yeah. I'm going to call you at five <laughs> o'clock in the morning tomorrow. I'm going to call you and be like, Uncle. Up. I'm going to be like Uncle Pavel. Uncle Pavel, <laughs> will you <laughs> get your ass out of the bed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, maybe with at you, five man. o'clock in the morning, I may not even gone to bed yet. So <laughs> you may catch me. Yeah. The hardest working man alive. And I, I uh, Pavel, yeah. it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. 
for those of you who haven't experienced, and yes. uh, for those of you who haven't experienced uh, Virtue Desk, uh, go to myvirtuedesk.com. Um, it's absolutely genius. It'll it'll take your uh, business to a completely different level, and you'll the only thing that will you'll be mad about is that you didn't find it earlier. Um, so, Pavel, I want to thank you yeah. again for being on the show, man. You have been absolutely thank you, Kelly. Phenomenal. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it, brother. You got it, and you're officially off the hot seat. There we go. <laughs> 